good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Phuket officials ban alcohol in restaurants, social activities again. Phuket officials have banned the sale and consumption of alcohol in all restaurants again and reinstated the ban on all social activities in an order issued late last night, August 2nd. The ban comes into effect by an order issued by Phuket Governor Narang Wunsi yesterday and are to remain in effect until at least August 16th. The order was posted online by the Phuket Info Centre, operated by the Phuket Office of the Ministry of Interior, at 10.13pm late last night, just one hour and 47 minutes before the order came into effect. The new order repeats many of the same restrictions already in place, announced through a succession of new official orders issued roughly every 72 hours over the past two weeks. The orders single out migrant workers for special attention by officials under the section strict inspection measures for places or activities that are at risk of epidemic clusters. Competent officials were ordered to strictly inspect places or activities that are at risk of spreading the disease, such as factories and migrant workers, accommodation or other places, to ensure the location meet the conditions laid out by the Ministry of Public Health to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Now this also coincides with the ban on entry to Phuket by land, air or sea for domestic travellers. Sandboxers, as in international flights, are still permitted. Deliveries of goods, etc. is also permitted. However, drivers must meet the entry requirements of being vaccinated and hold a valid COVID-19 test not older than 72 hours before entering the province. Now, as the title of this show today is, is the Phuket provincial government taking the piss out of foreign tourists? I'm asking that question really, are they? What is going on in this Phuket sandbox model? Keeping it open at all costs, even if it's at the detriment now of international travellers? Look at it from this point of view. Travellers are coming from all parts of the world. They're going through vigorous requirements to get here, spending their hard-earned money. And basically, they're arriving to a place that's sealed off from the rest of the country, where there are more restrictions than Alcatraz. You can't have a drink anymore. You can't go to a bar. You can't go to a nightclub. There's no flights out of the place. There's no flights in. You can't leave the island. You can't get on to the island if you do happen to leave it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. What is going on here? Is the Phuket government serious about this sandbox model or not? Now, I've spoken about the sandbox to a great detail over the past few months. But I also look at it from this point of of view as well, because things need to be said that should be said. The sandbox model is meant to be this program that they're holding up as the way forward for Thailand and even the world at times. But yet they treat it as if nobody is vaccinated on the island and not even the tourists that are coming are vaccinated. This is how they're treating these people, even though more than 70% of the island are vaccinated and every tourist is vaccinated and have had multiple tests. Surely Phuket should be held up if it's going to be this model that they're showing the world to, then everything should be open. Life on Phuket should be normal. You've gone to the bother of vaccinating everyone. So why is it that bars and clubs are closed? You can't get a drink. You can barely get a massage. If you live in a condo complex, you're not going to be able to use your swimming pool now. Why is it like this? When there's a handful of cases each day, what it seems to me is that you're basically just saying, well, we don't actually believe in the vaccines. We don't believe in our testing because then you wouldn't need all these restrictions. If you created the Phuket sandbox model, then let it 
do its thing. Every time there's a COVID case, you can't shut the place down. Having a COVID-free island is never going to happen. There will always be cases. It's how you deal with it. And I really do feel sorry for tourists who are spending their hard-earned money to travel. And also, let me just say, not just tourists, but expats and people coming back to Thailand and Thai people who spend their money to come back and are being treated like shit. The government are just taking advantage of them with all this stuff. They give them no notice of what's going on. People are flying in to discover they won't be able to swim in their condo complex or they won't be able to even have a drink at a restaurant. At what point did a provincial government in Phuket wake up? People are flying to meet their loved ones from all around the country, maybe returning expats or their family can't even come to Phuket anymore. And they can't even get out of Phuket. So what hope is there? Make a few baht for a couple of big corporate hotels? It seems to be that way at this moment in time. Now, please understand, I'm frustrated. I can't even go on to the island to where my home is. But I feel sorry for tourists who, are make, who, as I said, are spending their money to come here to be treated so badly. And I know people will say, oh, it's great when we get here. Yes, but you're being treated like shit because they're taking advantage of you. They haven't the decency and respect to say to you, look, if something goes wrong and we have a few cases, we're going to act like this. This should be all laid out for people to understand what is going on and what would happen in the case of a few cases. But why is it that the entire island gets shut down? People are restricted from doing everything for a few cases of COVID. If Phuket is meant to be this great model that they're talking about. So as I said, they either don't trust the vaccines or they don't trust themselves. And I'm starting to think about that they don't trust themselves. But unfortunately, the tourists have been all caught up in this now. And it's a great shame and a great pity because it's actually going to damage the reputation of Phuket further in the future. And I think it'll really restrict the amount of people that will come here in August and September. And I know they want to keep the sandbox going at all costs. But you know what? There comes a point where you need to look at it and say, is this actually a tourist destination? And if it doesn't meet the criteria of a tourist destination, then you should shut it down because you're just taking pure advantage of tourists who are making their way here. And that leads us into the next story. Flights cancelled Phuket sandboxers. How about an expensive 16-hour ride to Bangkok? With domestic flights grounded and Phuket Island sealed off until at least mid-August, the authorities have come up with a marvellous idea. Packing travellers aboard a bus to breathe the same air all 16 hours to Bangkok. After Phuket authorities announced Monday that they dreamed up a Sandbox Express bus to Sivananaboom Airport, it was quickly taken apart for being expensive, slow and impractical. For over twice what such a trip would normally cost, passengers can pay 1500 baht, about $45, for a journey that sets out before dawn and arrives when curfew begins, effectively stranding those who aren't flying out in the country at the airport. Starting tomorrow, the Sandbox Express leaves at 5am from Central Phuket Festival Shopping Mall or 5.30am from the PTT gas station in Talang. Passengers are promised a 9pm arrival at Sunanaboom International Airport. Seats are reserved for international travellers who arrive via the Phuket Sandbox scheme and their families. It will run through August 16th. The offer raised eyebrows, especially given the most sandboxers are residents looking for a way home. Why don't you offer flights instead? When the buses arrive in Bangkok, curfew will already have started, Facebook user Hashinto Rico wrote in reference to the current 9pm to 9am curfew. This is even worse. Why don't you limit flights on each day? I'm so confused. If you're not ready to open the Phuket sandbox, shut it already. The fee is 1500 baht. Meanwhile, a flight costs 600 to 1000 Thai baht and you can get to Bangkok in one hour, Panalak Sirapong wrote. Plus Bangkok starts curfew at 9 o'clock. Please reconsider about arrival time. 
So here's another marvellous idea by the Phuket provincial government, obviously not thought out and just thrown together at the last minute. And no concern about health and safety or COVID on that bus. I, I really don't know what to say in relation to this. It's just, again, more nonsense, guys, just and more incompetence from the highest officials in the province. Now for today's COVID numbers before I forget. There were 147 more COVID-19 fatalities and 18,901 new cases in Thailand on Monday, the Public Health Ministry reported on Tuesday morning, the second highest daily increment after the 18,912 found on July 31st. However, over the past 24-hour period, 18,590 COVID-19 patients recovered and were discharged from hospitals. And that is good news in relation to the people who have recovered. So we've nearly got to the point that the amount of people discharged from hospital equal the amount of people that actually were admitted and contracted COVID. Now what we need is that number to increase above the amount that are contracting it and we can probably hopefully start to see some light at the end of this very dark tunnel over the last few months. Now next up, Panya reopening to foreign tourists postponed to August 15th. The reopening of Panya province to foreign tourists scheduled for August 1 has been postponed to August 15th according to the Panya provincial governor. We decided to postpone the reopening under the Panya Prompt campaign to August 15th as the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration, CCSA, has yet to approve the reopening date previously scheduled for August 1, he said. The other reason is the province's integration with the Morchana contact tracing platform is not yet complete. Lastly, the province has seen new cluster cases in the past week and therefore needs more time to publicise disease control measures to the locals at the community level, he said. Jamran added that he had called a meeting with tourist entrepreneurs in the province regarding the postponement and most of the business owners agreed that the postponement was necessary and the economic impact should be at an acceptable level. Panya had estimated that more than 20,000 tourists would visit the province in the first month of reopening generating more than 2.6 billion baht of direct and indirect income to the local businesses. The Panya Prompt campaign is linked to the Tourism Ministry 7 plus 7 island hopping scheme under which vaccinated tourists who stayed in Phuket for seven days can travel to the nearby island islands in Panya, Suratani and Krabi provinces for another seven days, provided they test negative via RT-PCR method. The Ministry of Tourism and Sports minister said on Friday that the scheme would be postponed indefinitely pending approval from the CCSA. Now also the Pattaya reopening for next month, September, has also been postponed with no real date set in motion. Now that's mainly because they actually have very few people actually vaccinated in Pattaya because most of the vaccines have been going to Bangkok over the last month or so. Now in relation to this story, it just goes to show the level of incompetence that is running in these provinces. Now from my knowledge, the August 1 reopening hasn't actually been approved by the CCSA government or published in the Royal Gazette. So the idea that they were ever planning to reopen on August 1 is a bit of a mystery to me. Now I do remember they had a grand opening ceremony arranged for August 1 along with some other different festivities to celebrate this fact. However, it seems a bit it was a bit premature since it turns out they never had the actual clearance from the government and it was never published in law to do so. I'm not really sure what they've been up to here. It seems like they've been kind of trying to push the government into a corner so that they would reopen and had no other choice but to give them permission to reopen. Now about these islands of Koyao, PP and other ones that now have stopped. Now one of the reasons they have stopped is because the residents on the island have not given them the approval to do so. 
Before all this happened, the Tourism Authority of Thailand were meant to have gone to residents in all these areas and spoke to them and addressed their concerns in relation to foreign tourists visiting COVID and, you know, anything else that had to do with health and safety and the pandemic. Now, this was never done. In essence, they kind of tried to, you know, ram this through without anybody really knowing about it. Now, I heard that the residents in Koyao didn't find out about this project until the 31st of July, and they voted on the island for it not to happen. And it's completely within their right to do so. If they want to open in this kind of a manner, when we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, public consultation is a necessary and a must. But just to skip it and think that you're going to get away with it is very naive in my opinion. I just think it was wrong what they've done, and they've kind of paid the price for it now. Now, as for this reopening on August 15th of the Kaulak area, which they call this kind of the Andaman sealed route, I generally don't think it'll be happening on August 15th. I think we're more looking at September. The Shaba system for hotel bookings uh, is not yet complete for the province. And then the booking system that they have for the PCR tests is not integrated either. The Morchana app, for some reason, doesn't work in Panya. So it makes you wonder if you leave Phuket, and go into Panya, does it suddenly stop working? I mean, this uh, this brings more questions to light, in my opinion. And yeah, so they're just not ready. And that's what happens when you push everything at the very last minute and you don't have all your systems in place. But I've come to expect all this here, and I think you all have too. Thai Air Asia suspends flights, cuts pay packets. Thai Air Asia, TAA, has suspended all flights this month and deferred paying its staff either wholly or partially until September. The airline, regarded as one of the most robust domestic carriers, has faced a financial crunch from consistently low passenger volumes since the COVID-19 pandemic began earlier last year. All domestic airlines, including this one, also suffer from a lack of cash flow. The airline stopped flying after the restrictions were launched last month. It says all flights will stay grounded for now after efforts to secure loans were in vain. Another factor in the decision to keep flights grounded is that the the latest lockdown order includes travel restrictions. The wider aviation business in the country is also facing depleted liquidity and cash flow. TAA announced a deferment of the whole or part of the salaries of its employees as part of an effort to ease cost pressures. The July salaries for executives will be paid in September. Active employees at operational levels will be paid 50% of the July salaries this month and the rest in September. Inactive employees will receive 25% of their salaries in September as well. The TAA said it will temporarily ease operations this month and hopes the situation will turn around next month. Once the airline has secured a loan, operations will resume. Also, Thailine Air, another budget carrier, said it is looking to offer financial assistance to its staff after its suspended flights on July 21. Meanwhile, the International Airport Transport Association, IATA, called on governments to take action to address the high cost of COVID-19 tests in many jurisdictions. It also urged flexibility in permitting the use of cost-effective antigen tests as an alternative to the more expensive PCR tests. According to the IATA, most recent traveller survey, 86% of respondents are willing to get tested, but 70% also believe that the cost of testing is a barrier to travel, while 78% believe government should bear the cost of mandatory testing. The IATA supports COVID-19 testing as a pathway to reopen borders to international travel, said the IATA Director General Willie Walsh. In addition to being reliable, testing needs to be easily accessible, affordable and appropriate to the risk level. Too many governments, however, are falling short on some of or all of this, he said. So Air Asia now have pretty much been grounded for last month and it looks like they're going to be grounded for the whole of August. In terms of flights in Thailand, there is very few going at the moment and with all these restrictions, you can see why there is none. I think I've spoken before in the past, but the government promised soft loans to these airlines over a year ago. 
And still, as of today, they have never come true on their word. They have ignored the situation, repeated promises, and never fulfilled what they said. And it's a great shame because if the likes of Thai Air Asia goes out of business or knock air, there will be very, very few airlines to take people around this country and keep it connected. And really, airlines are the staple of travel now in this country. It's cheaper to take a flight than to take one of those crazy minibus rides that people, you know, have died so tragically in. So I really feel they need to get off their asses here and, and try help out the airline industry and get them through this patch. Also, in relation to the IATA, we've discussed their travel pass before and how it sounds like a great idea and also Willie Walsh is making a very good point these rap these PCR tests are far too expensive when you come to Thailand you're talking 2800 baht for one before you in some countries is 150 pound in the UK I think I'm not quite sure how much in America so if somebody could leave a comment down and just let me know how much they are in the states too expensive I think rapid antigen testing could be the way forward and it would move things along in airports get people through pretty quickly you get a little bit of time on before your flight, but yeah, that's really it. And it should be the only test that you should be doing, if there is going to be a test, is before you leave for your flight. There should be no tests on arrival. Once you pass that test prior to flight, that's it. Vaccine, done, test done, and you're free to go. And that should really be it. Media, human rights lawyers ask court to annul PM's order. Media outlets and human rights lawyers petitioned the civil court on Monday to void a new Prime Minister's order under the state of emergency decree that they believe threatens press freedoms and freedom of expression. They also asked for a court injunction temporarily freezing the use of the controversial order pending a final judgment on the grounds the issue was critical to society as opposed to threat and installed fear in the public. Media representatives from digital platforms including The Reporters, Voice, The Standard and Pratichai and lawyers from the Human Rights Lawyers Alliance filed a suit at the court and named Prime Minister Prayat Chanacha as the offender. The lawsuit says press freedom was under threat from the 29th announcement of the emergency decree. It alleged the Prime Minister had no authority to block internet providers. The country already had the Computer Crimes Act to penalise offenders, the lawsuit said. Announcement number 29 on the emergency decree signed by the Prime Minister took effect on Friday. It instructs authorities to order internet providers to immediately block the internet access of anyone who propagates information that may frighten people. The government claimed harsh measures were needed to stop the spread of misinformation and fake news, but media organisations, academics and human rights advocates argue that the order could instead be used to silence the government's opponents and media outlets critical of government policy. The order was issued amid growing dissatisfaction with the government handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and its failure to provide enough vaccines and to curb transmission rates. Six media organisations on Friday also threatened to step up legal and social pressure on the government if it refuses to lift what they see as restrictions on media freedom. So as I've said many a time before, if they do a good job, look competent, are transparent, they wouldn't be criticised half as much. And that's really the truth about it. And finally... Anger swells of police brutality after cops attack protesters in Bangkok. An angry response and calls for authorities to use non-lethal force responsibilities continue today after officers attack protesters with rubber bullets and tear gas to forcibly disperse them. Accusations of police brutality ricocheted online after a peaceful Sunday rally calling for the resignation of Prime Minister Prayut Chanacha over his pandemic response ended in scenes of violence and industry instigated by state security forces. We're just here to seek the quality of life that people deserve because they pay taxes according to the law. But why are you hurting people who don't fight back like this? 
The military police are supposed to serve the people. Who are you serving now? Twitter user Meloris wrote. Sunday's rallies began as a so-called car mob at several locations and ended up with police and paramilitary security forces using violence to clear the streets. Under the worsening pandemic car rallies, first organised by the long-time pro-democracy figure Sombat, Boonga Mamang, took place at Vibadet Rangsit Road, MRT Pranangklau Bridge and downtown at Racha Prasong intersection. After protest leaders announced the rally's conclusion in the late afternoon, some protesters remained at the Vipawadi roadside. Royal Thai Police spokesman Kurlo Kutsana said the demonstrators violated the emergency decree and public health measures, banning gatherings of more than five people, requiring the deployment of riot police to control the crowd. Images of a civilian lying wounded with an apparent rubber bullet gunshot wound to the head spread online to provoke condemnation of the police. Media associations and rights groups have called on the police to follow UN rules of engagement on the use of non-lethal force, including a prohibition on targeting the head, face or neck with rubber bullets. The next protest is scheduled for this Saturday at a location to be named prior to the rally. Lawyer activist Arnon Nampa warned demonstrators to be well prepared. Be more well prepared with protective gear to protect us against tear gas such as respirators and saline, he wrote online. So yes, this was a relatively peaceful protest that was uh, turned into utter chaos by the police as usual and the lack of restraint showed. We've seen all around the world that people are getting fed up of governments who are doing bad jobs and they're going out on the streets to protest. Now, I will say this. I've seen a lot of protests around the world and this is not a protest about lockdown or COVID or COVID is fake or all this bullshit. These people have masks on. These people are trying to protest how badly and how annoyed they are with what the government is doing in response to COVID-19. The loss of income to people, the loss of livelihoods, and they really want to be heard by this government. But unfortunately, this government doesn't want to listen to anyone because they know better. Hence why they bring in laws to silence people online, newspapers, social media commentators, because they don't want people to hold them to account. And that is the real problem here. I truly hope these things get better. I hope these rallies do not turn out to be violent again. But the protesters are going there to try and make their point. They are not engaging in violence, unlike the opposite side, which seem to be. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.